Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Gwen Reyes. And I'm Danielle Jackson-Dresser. This is a podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, Grab some hot chocolate, which I have been on the hunt for. Sit by a crackling fire and get ready for our favorite holiday entertainment. We're also chatting with Rowan Parrish, whose Christmas romance, The Lights on Knockbridge Lane, is out now. We also go over our goals from last episode, set new ones, and share what's been bringing us comfort lately. Oh man. Okay. okay. Excuse me. Let's start. Let me first no. like clearing that frog out of my, <laughs> out of my throat. We're recording this the week after Thanksgiving. We yes. all survived the holidays, um, which was lovely. Yes. I mean, it, you know, I don't even know how to talk about this. It seems both like Thanksgiving, you know, is the start of the holiday season. Right. right? And so yep. like, obviously it came at the end of November, yeah. but I feel like there was no November this year. Like it was like Halloween and then the next day it was Thanksgiving. Yes. Where did the month of November go? I remember November 2nd and then all of a sudden it was November 29th. And I was like, how did we get there? (laughs) So, but I, so I don't know. I don't know why November was so crazed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you will, but it went by really quickly. But I think leading into this month, you know, it's early December And I think now it's kind of like knowing that Christmas is coming is like maybe almost slowing December down a bit for me. I hope so. So yeah, but it's been a good week. It's been a good week. I think for you right now, every day is precious because you're about to go on a trip. And so like that throws a wrench into any sort of planning because it's like you're you have this very, very um, definite end point that you're aiming for. I wonder if that's why November was so kind of wild because we spent, and this is, you know, I mean, everyone's heard me talk about the fact that, you know, we've gotten our daughter vaccinated and Mm -hmm. we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And I wonder if like, because at the beginning of November, it was like, we knew this announcement was coming and then it finally did come, but, and then it was like, not in time for Thanksgiving. Mm, yeah. But then, you know, so I wonder if like some of that was added up in there too. And, and, and also just knowing, like thinking about like all the things I need to get done and like schedule rearranging, because when we did know she would be fully vaccinated by well before Christmas this year, we were kind of like, okay, like now we need to like, just get things in order. Right. Maybe that was it. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, this week was a really, was a nice, was a nice week for me. It was like, I, I felt like I got a lot done. I was talking about past pages on the last episode. So for my book, this, you know, this is the final time I get to like make it's any so updates to my book. I know it is like exciting, also nerve wracking. And also just like, how many people have looked at this book and we still, there are still typos. Uh Um, It's just, it's wild. It's wild how the brain works. And so, so yeah, so I I finished those, like the first kind of major run through, and then I'm going to let it sit and then I'm going to go through it again. And then I'm going to send it to my editor and be like, make this magically into a book. And we'll go from there. And she's like, I will. <laughs> yes, exactly. She will get that started and it'll be amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm just so excited about getting my copy because I've already ordered it. Mm. Your name on it. Like, I'm so I know. Excited. The exciting thing is that I will probably get my copies in June. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. usually, usually it's about, you usually get your finished, the finished copies hit the warehouse about a month yeah. ahead of time. I mean, who knows what the supply chain issue will be 
It may even not even be next an summer. issue. <laughs> I know it may not be an issue. It may be more of an issue. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, usually it's it's like six, like four to six weeks ahead of your publication date is when the finished copies get to the warehouse. And then you as the author are among the first people to get books. So yeah. yeah. That's so exciting. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be good. So I can see in the outline what your vibe is, <laughs> and I'm very intrigued. So please tell us how you are doing, Gwen. <laughs> well, um, I am I have been seething for over three plus weeks. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> because of okay, so here's the thing. We live in an apartment, which I've mentioned many, many, many times. We park yes. in a garage underneath the apartment complex. We all have our own reserve spot. I'm just laying the foundation for the mm-hmm. story. Um, our people next to us, usually the person on our left side of the car, he usually has like stuff in their spot all the time. Like just, and it's, it's not like big things. It's like not even trash, but it's just stuff that they don't want to have like in their apartment, but not a lot of things. So a few weeks ago, their, their trash, I I always call it trash, but their stuff was like gone out of the front of their, oh. out of the front of their spot. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So the complex must be cracking down on like, if it's not a car, it shouldn't be mm-hmm. in your spot. So I was like, okay, good to know. And we have this like blue sports utility cart that like you would normally see at like soccer games and stuff that are full of orange yeah. slices. We have one of those that we use to bring groceries up mm-hmm. from the car up to the, to the apartment. Well, I left it in the uh, parking spot when we went to Costco, we were gone for like three hours, came back, cart was gone. <sighs> yeah. Someone stole our cart. And I, I was very upset about it. And I had, it's like, you know, just been ruminating for weeks mm-hmm. and weeks and weeks. And I'm like thinking it's my name. Na- Cause I'm like, it's gotta be one of the neighbors, one of the two yeah. people next to us, or it had to be the apartment complex. It's like, you can't have stuff in your spot. But then I started to see people with like golf clubs in their spot. And I'm like, oh, well, you better be careful. Someone's going to come and steal your golf clubs. Well, Danielle, Friday night, Cliff and I go to dinner Mm -hmm. and our neighbor on the right side, not of our apartment, but the the car parked to us on the right side, always looks like they're on the go. Like they're, they're either moving or they're living out of their car, but it's like, there's always stuff in the backseat of the car. And and I'm only saying that because I, I pull open the door and I see it. It's right right there. Well, on Friday, I just like glance in the back of the seat in the backseat of their car. And you know, what's sitting in there? My blue cart, (sighs) my blue cart was sitting in their back seat. Rude. Oh my gosh. I have been so now I'm happy that I know who the culprit is, but I, yeah. I was so mad on Friday that like I had Cliff, I, I had to go upstairs. I was like, I, I have to write him a note. Like, I don't know what to do. Like I was right. I just am so hot about it. And, uh, it kept me up all night, Friday night. <laughs> so wait, what are, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to write a note because yeah. the thing is like, I can't get the car, the apartment complex involved with it because we're not Got supposed it. to leave stuff in our, yeah. in our spots. So it's like, I don't want to get in trouble for being like, well, you're, it's your, it's your property and you got it stolen for not doing what you're supposed to do. Oh my gosh. But like the audacity of this person to just keep the cart in the backseat of their car now. Okay. I'm going to, I'm, I'm trying I'm to put it nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be devil's advocate. Like, please do. But I mean, you said it was a blue cart. I feel like it's like 
identifiable. But yeah. do you think that they just like, okay, let's consider you said their car is full of stuff. Like maybe they're a hoarder and they see things. And so maybe it was impulsive. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, yeah. Like what is, what was their motive was behind, their and motive? like leaving it where you would see it? Yeah. That's the, the wildest thing to me too. Cause it wasn't there and the car will come and go to like, it won't be there for a few days. Okay. Um, and so like, I'm like, maybe they're not living here or they, you know, they share yeah. apartments with a partner or something, but yeah. And I've, I've been trying to be devil's advocate on it mm-hmm. too, where it's like, oh, they just saw it. It was sitting in the spot yeah. and they were like, let me take, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, I'm going to write a nice note and just say, yeah. I really like it. I did think it would be really funny to get the, you know, that adhesive that they put on uh, towing notifications on the side of a car. That would be really funny to get a really good adhesive on there. So they know what I'm, what I'm up to. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I'll probably in the end, because I am trying to be a neighborly person, I will probably just write them a nice note and demand. Cause I I got a picture of it in the car and I have their license plate number. And I can prove it's my cart because if there was a big chicken, I spilled chicken juice. This is a very long winded conversation. But <laughs> I have evidence in there that proves that it yeah. is my cart. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like we're, yeah, we're definitely going to need an update. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I've, <laughs> I've been like plotting revenge for days. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I mean, that's just very, that's very bold. So I would say that just to, to take this, the, uh, the steam off the next question, I am going to say my achievement is not going to jail for Uh, that makes sense. Breaking and entering into my neighbor's car. (laughs) Yeah. I, I agree with that because you can't, you don't, you don't, obviously you don't want to like cause any more harm, Yeah, but you need your card back. I need my card back. I almost, because there, it's like, I got to go to Costco. I got to get dog food. Like I'm not carrying that 40 pound bag of dog food upstairs. Kidding me? No, no. Nope. Yep. I agree. I mean, yeah. Wild. So this uh, saga will continue. Um, okay. I'll let you guys know if I get my blue cart back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So my achievement this week is that I, I literally, I'll show Gwen. Gwen can see them. I, I gotta grab them. I addressed all of our holiday cards. They are ready. They have stamps. Yeah, ready to go. I know they're done. So I got to get them in the mail because I don't want any shipping delays. I love um, it. And yeah, I did it finally. Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know why I feel all that late because we've only gotten like two cards. I was going to say, Danielle, it's it's literally the fifth of December. You're not late. <laughs> I don't know. The you know the the mail is in flux. Who knows what will happen? <laughs> you may not see your card until oh, December 22nd. Who knows? That's true. So yeah, but no, I got those done. So yeah, I'm going to put those in the mail tomorrow morning, but they are addressed. They are Yay. stamped. They are ready did to go. You, did you get fun holiday stamps or are you just using up your old stamps? I did. We did get a holiday. I ordered um, the holiday stamps for from the snowy day, the mm, kids book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you see him, where is it? There it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's so and they're cute. all different. Yeah. So the book by Ezra Jack Keats, the snowy day. And so, and they're really, and that's one of Ivy's absolute favorite books. Um, and so, yeah, so we, that's what we did. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's always a good feeling. There was uh, one year I did them like the day, like maybe on Thanksgiving day. And I felt like the biggest, like, head of the class kid 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> my entire life. I had a friend, one of my really good friends. Hi, Trish. If you're listening, <laughs> she all like, first of all, she's always early with her cards. Like she, she's almost always the first card we get. And I'm pretty sure I got her card before Thanksgiving this year. Like she Trish. was on it. I, I was like, it. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I, I text her. I was like, um, you win. You're number one. Is she, do you have friends that, um, I have one friend who always says, do you have any friends who write the little like holiday newsletter of what's going on with their family? Yeah. This friend does not, but yeah, there's usually like a few, like a couple, it's mostly like cousins or like family members who like give like kind of updates and stuff. But I feel like now that you most many, not all, um, many cards are like photo cards. So you kind of get like photos from throughout the year. I mean, our card is a photo card. So, um, and we usually pick one that has like five or six photo options. So I don't know. I, I, we haven't gotten a ton lately, but you, there's usually at least one or two. Yeah. I have one friend who always does. I look yeah. forward to it every year. It's like a folded up little newsletter and I'm like, yeah, Thanks. it's real cute. It See is what the cute. boys are up to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All this holiday talk actually mm-hmm. segues nicely into our first segment, which is all about holiday entertainment. Um, it's like, whether you really like it or not, there is something so magical about this time of year mm-hmm. and the entertainment business really takes advantage of it and wants us all to know about <laughs> the magic the of, I, you know, I think for the, for the basis of this conversation, I feel like, and because of the time of year, most of what we're going to deal with is Christmas. And that right. is just, it is, it is the holiday that particularly in the United States that, that takes the cake, but it's really um, taken over December by storm. (laughs) Yeah, really. I mean, yeah, it's just, it it is what it is. And a lot of that has to do with capitalism (laughs) Um, (laughs) as we all spiral. Our whole world is just a lie. (laughs) So it's okay. (laughs) But yeah. So are you a fan of holiday entertainment and let's dive into like, why or why not? Yeah. So I, yes, yes. And no, I am a holiday fan. I always do get like suckered in. I don't, I don't like to say sucker because I do really like the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, I always do end up gravitating towards some sort of holiday entertainment, uh, specifically after Thanksgiving. Like I am, like, I don't really, mm-hmm. I didn't really think about it till we were putting this all together today, but I was like, I don't, I never really thought of myself as like a stickler of like, this is season and this is season yeah. because as within our worlds, like we trends happen six months before they actually happen for the audience. So it's like, we're reading Christmas books in June and July, because that's Mm -hmm. when they're coming out for early release or seeing the movies that early, because Mm -hmm. that's when they're trying to push them for awards and stuff. Um, But just like realizing that I do really like to watch a Christmas movie after Thanksgiving. Like I saved all of my Netflix movies. I was watching the new, um, there's a new Comedy Central movie that I'll talk about a little bit later mm-hmm. that premiered yesterday. And I'm like, oh, okay. So now I want it to sort of, I guess I do sort of want it to be rule-based in the sense of it's got to be December, but that's, you know, a silly rule yeah. that I have. But now we're also, oh. it's also the end of Hanukkah. So I also want more. Exactly. And Hanukkah was so early this year. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say I really, I do really like holiday entertainment and I think it really is. It's like Thanksgiving, even Thanksgiving weekend. Cause we generally decorate for Christmas that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we start, you know, we'll like put on a Charlie Brown Christmas or, or whatever it is. I know. So cute. And 
And so, yeah, it's like the start of the season, but my problem is that I go like really hard, really <laughs> early. Like, and I, I am similar where it's like, I would like to have November. Maybe this is another reason why November felt so weird because it was like November 1st, mm-hmm. it was Christmas everywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I'm wondering if that's it anyway, but yeah, I go really hard and I'm like, we need to watch this one and I'm going to make sure we, we have all of our, like, I got like winter tea, like winter, it's oh. called winter wake up tea from Trader Joe's and it's so <laughs> cinnamon and ginger. It's so good. Um, oh. but yeah, you know, it, I think that's what I, so I go hard really early and then I kind of get burnt out. Then I'm just like, okay. Like by the time Christmas actually is here, I'm a little, I'm a little grinchy. I'm a little like, <laughs> you're over it. Apparently, yeah, I'm like, I'm over this, um, which is <laughs> terrible, but it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, and I, I do think that there have been, there's been more like new year's kind of yeah, media, if you will. Like, I feel like there's always kind of like, you know, and then you get into the whole new year, new you thing, but mm-hmm. whatever. But even then I feel like even with new year's and new year's day, I'm just kind of like, okay, it's here. It's a day. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I also, I try not to really get going in it until really December, which yeah. we are now here. So do you put Christmas lights out on outside the house too, or just on the inside? We we cheat and we have a, we have a star shower. So oh. we literally just have to like stick it in the ground and it mm-hmm. projects the lights out. Love it. Okay. Neither, neither, like we both like lights, but neither of us like care enough to like really get into it. Uh-huh. So we, but we're like, Oh, the star shower just looks real nice. And we keep it pretty simple. Like we just ha- it's like the red and green and it kind of mm-hmm. like moves around a bit yeah. and that's it. Yeah. So yeah. In fact, we have two because just the, our house is not a big house, but it, it looks better with two. So what are you going to do this year? Are you going to put lights out or anything? I don't think so. Like, yeah. yeah, Cliff and I were talking about that the other day. Cause I'm not, that's my other thing too, about the holidays is I'm not a big, like, I like the decorations, but I don't like doing the work. Mm-hmm. So like the, the joy of getting all my Christmas stuff out or my Halloween stuff out is like very much lost on me. Cause yeah, it's, it's a lot, like, it's a lot. And like, <laughs> I grew up in a family where if we did do it, there were a few years later, uh, uh, where we actually were able to bring a person in to do the tree and stuff. But like mm. early on when we were doing it as like our family, it would just be so stressful. And we would <laughs> wait until like the 22nd of December. And then that tree would stay up till February. So it's just like, <laughs> It's not worth it to me. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, our way is that we are just going to be consumed. I'm like, I've got all the candles. So yeah. it's, it's very, sen- it's like sensey for me. So it's like, I got all the candles. I've got fun teas. Um, I just went to bed, Bath or Bath and Body Works yesterday had their, yeah. their mm-hmm. candle sale. So I bought six candles. <laughs> it was so funny. Cause they give you this, like I walked in and they just give you this little tray of like six little spots to put your candles. And at the end yeah. of it, I was like, well, I guess I ended up with six. That's what they wanted me to do. And that's what I did. <laughs> um, what, what sense did you get? Oh, okay. I got the ones I'm really excited about. I got a champagne toast one. Ooh. that smells so good it reminds me do you remember those dolls they weren't barbie dolls but like the dolls that smelled like um like candy a little bit mm-hmm. like strawberry mm-hmm. there were some strawberry shortcake ones but they were like the off-brand barbie dolls that also kind of had smells to them so it smells a little bit i like, like that. it um i got like a campfire s'more one which is what we've Ooh. got going right now yeah there was like a an apple hot toddy one 
Yum. Yeah. It's like, I'm really excited. I don't need to buy candles for a few months. (laughs) I know I don't need to ever buy candles, but Target has a candle right now and it's called winter wonderland and it's like limited edition. And I saw that and I was like, well, I have to buy it. It's limited. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like how del- it smells. Yes. It smells delicious. It, it reminds me of the other target candle that I think I've talked about more than once. That's called like cozy nights. Yes. And it's kind of like that, but I think it, ha- it must have like cinnamon or something in it that makes it Christmas or winter. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I really, I highly, I mean, I could talk, we could have a, I think we've said this, we could have yeah. a whole, we could have a candle and tea episode. We are going to do that. We're, <laughs> we're going to have a setting the mood, setting the re- the reading mood episode. Yeah. <laughs> Our candle recommendations. And I recommendations. love it. I think it's so funny. Okay. Yeah. So now moving into some recs. So I was, I, we were chatting about this you know, like last week or the week before. Yeah. And I was like, what if we did like old school and new school recommendations? So like old school, as in like what we grew up watching and maybe some of the ones that we feel like we need to watch every year. Yes. Of nostalgia. Uh-huh. And then, and then talking about kind of the newer ones that we've noticed and, or that we've enjoyed. One I wanted to talk about, because this is something that used to only happen a long time ago when we were uh-huh. children, but then also has kind of started to make a comeback. Um, but let's start off with all, these are going to be all of our old school yeah. recommendations. And the first, the thing that came to mind when I was thinking about this, were like the big TV specials or TV spectaculars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first and literally the first thing when I thought of, and we talked about this a bit offline was, is the star Wars Christmas special, which I still don't understand how what is happening. No, how did this get made? <laughs> That's why it's buried for life. Like I know it's so weird. I think the first time I really even watched it, I know I watched it when we were little. So I don't know if it was like randomly on like the sci-fi network or something. It was, it was somewhere, or maybe even my like parents had a VHS yeah. of it. I feel like it, maybe Disney channel was playing it too. Cause I like Disney, early Disney channel always had a lot of weird content yeah. like that. Yeah. And so it was just, it was so bizarre. The fact that it was like focused on Chewbacca. Yep. Just didn't make sense but then it's like it's interesting because if you compare it to follow that bird which is the sesame street movie and focuses completely on big bird and him finding his family it's kind of like they were trying to hit the same notes which is that is really interesting yeah i didn't think about that so now i'm like oh yeah i guess they would kind of have been using the same workshops maybe maybe something and then the random cameos yes (laughs) nothing like a holiday cameo yeah, it was. I mean, if you haven't seen it, I think you can, you can find it on YouTube. I don't think it's really available anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't buy it. Disney has tried very hard to bury it over the years. Yeah, yeah which is silly it, because they should sell it. It's people would gobble it right up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would watch it. And, you know, it, yeah, I would watch it. <laughs> Why? I don't know, but I would. Well, it's um, like all the other bad, I think, you know, quote unquote, bad yeah. Dis, uh, Star, Trek, Star Trek, Star Wars content on Disney Plus. It's like, put it up there. Let people yeah. have what they want. And then my next one is the Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas mm-hmm. special. Another fever dream. Yeah, another. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Fever dream. Um so weird, but so delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, I mean, I think I was really young 
when like I was four or five, yeah. I think when this came out and, but I do, I remember watching it and I remember watching it like every Christmas. So I should see, I bet my parents still have, I mean, I don't have a VCR to play it on, but I bet <laughs> my parents still have it like VHS recorded somewhere. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. Really cute. <laughs> and then finally, I want to say, I want to talk about the Disney Christmas parade, because I think that Disney Christmas Parade kind of, I think like, you know, kind of in the era of TGIF, it kind of, that's when it started to become like an event yeah, where it was like a primetime special or even like a Christmas morning special. And, and it was just like, I think of it. And even now, like now it is just mostly rand. It's not even like in the parade. It's like people throughout the parks. Yeah. Which is not what we came for. Right. Which yeah. is like, no, we want the parade. Yeah. I want to see um, Mickey and Minnie waving you guys. Exactly. Which at one point it was that. So, but yeah, I have very fond memory memories of those. I do. We had family friends. So this was like before the internet mm-hmm. and they were like, we're going to Disney world for Christmas and we're going to go see the parade and it's going to be so great. But they did not know that they actually record the Disney Christmas parade. Like in, in the summer yeah, yeah it's like yeah, in the summer and so they went and they were like well there was a parade but it it's not the parade that's on tv yeah <laughs> so it was it was very funny to like learn that it was pretty great though oh that is cool yeah I would have never yeah. had any idea it's fun too like it's I love that you brought up the Disney Christmas parade because I do you know we just finished Thanksgiving but it's like I love the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. the Macy's Thanksgiving parade so much like yeah even I, I still have to watch it in my thirties. Like I love it, yeah. love it, love it. And so it's, I, I do miss sort of having like a similar Christmas experience where yeah, right. get like the floats and the, you know, it's occasional mm-hmm. weird performances, but really we're there for the floats and the, the community that gets involved. Yeah. With all right. So I'm going to throw in one old school because I loved all of this, but my yeah. old school one is the South park original that started <laughs> South Park, which was Spirit of Christmas. Um, because I um I just love South Park so much, even though it is just trash. But uh <laughs> this is what the launch for Trey Parker and Matt Stone, their yeah. entire career of um <laughs> of making South Park. So this is one that you can definitely find one, I think you can find it on comedy on Comedy Central, but definitely on YouTube as well. And it's just yeah. very vulgar, but as Christmas sometimes is <laughs> it can be. okay so let's move into movies what are some of your favorite old school movies yeah okay so this was the hard part because a lot of the movies I watched I watched them on tv or I watched them Mm -hmm. on VH or on VHS so that's why I was like oh uh and then as I was putting these together my I realized my three favorite are all adaptations of the Christmas Carol that's hilarious it's so (laughs) wild because I actually almost put in Scrooged on here too which is a would be a fourth old school Christmas movie that I love. So I went with a Muppets Christmas Carol, which it is not Classic. Christmas without that movie. I had like Halloween has to have Hocus Pocus. Christmas has to have Muppets Christmas Carol. Love it's, it. Not, it's a tight 90. It is a perfect little yeah. film. Yeah. Gonzo is the best. Michael, <laughs> Michael Caine makes you feel things. Yeah. <laughs> like it is, it is scary and, and fun and charming at the same time. It's like the it. perfect movie for, if you can get like a six-year-old on, it's like mm-hmm. the perfect movie. And then my other favorite Christmas Carol adaptation is a Mick- Mickey's Christmas Carol, yes. um, which was another, <laughs> I think it's like 60, another tight 60. Um, and I would yeah. watch this on Disney 
channel mm-hmm. every year. I had a little VHS that I had recorded off the TV Ew. that I would watch every year. That was like all messed up from love being loved so well. And that one's got Mickey, obviously, and and Scrooge or Scrooge McDuck, which Cliff and I were talking about this last night. Scrooge McDuck has really had such a great um, redemption arc because like. <laughs> He's sucked in that, but like he came around in DuckTales. He was so this great. This is true. DuckTales, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He really, he really like redeemed himself. Um, <laughs> justice for Mr. Mc, for, uh, for Scrooge McDuck. And yeah. then finally, uh, I love Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Cause I, there's just so something funny. about yeah. Razzleberry gravy, Razzleberry dressing or gravy when the little kid sings about it, that just makes my heart. <laughs> so I love any, as you can see, any version of a Christmas Carol is my favorite. <laughs> I mean, it's such a classic story and there's so much in there mm-hmm. to have fun with, you know? Yeah. And like each of them is so different, but yeah. following the same notes, obviously, but like any version of a Christmas Carol you watch is going to touch on different parts of the book mm-hmm. or even expand on parts that weren't in there. Like I just yeah. I love it. And it's a good moral story. I like yeah. that story a lot. Very fun. Yeah. So okay, what about so you? I've got how to, how the Grinch stole Christmas. And I'm talking about, you know, the, the very sure it's what half an hour, yeah. um, animated version that, yeah, I, again, yeah, this is one I have to watch. And then also Rudolph the red Nose reindeer. I mean, love I just love stop motion animation or claymation, if you will. Yes. Um, and it's just so fun and and it's just, yeah, it's just it's so happy. It's such a it happy is so story. happy. It's such a good story. And, you know, everyone thinks Rudolph is weird, but then he saves the day. He saves mm-hmm. Christmas. He does. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, then and then also I mentioned a Charlie Brown Christmas earlier. Again, this is another short one. This is like maybe half an hour. Mm-hmm. That's if you have commercials. If not, it's yeah. less than that. And um, if you watch the whole the whole Christmas uh when he does the Christmas reading, sometimes I would fast forward through that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a little boring. That's really funny. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's I bet I bet my daughter probably thinks that she's probably like, can we just get through this part? Yeah, I just want to um, see the dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I think also you can't, you have to watch a Christmas story mm-hmm. with Ralphie. And I mean, obviously, like, is it appropriate for him to want a BB gun anymore? No, but it's the story and it's pretty good. It's such yeah, a yeah. fun story. And I mean, I remember the days, I mean, I think they still do this on TBS where uh-huh. they play it just all day and definitely like usually at some point if we're at home on Christmas or even Christmas Eve, like we just turn it on just to have something on in the background and it's so much fun. And then I know one of my absolute favorites and I I feel like a lot of people that are around our age love Home Alone. And I specifically put one and two. Three is fine, but Mm -hmm. I didn't include it in this because one and two are just like the cream of the crop, I think. When it comes out, and I haven't, I have not watched the new, new one that's on Disney Plus. Yeah, I haven't either. I just, I don't know how I feel about it. I think that that story does not work in the 21st century. Like, yeah. I think that that is very bad parenting. You need to pay attention <laughs> to your child. I just, I, I, I struggle, I struggle with that storyline as a, well, as a yeah. modern story. We were talking about because we'll probably watch, like, usually on the weekends, even on like Sunday nights, we'll during this time of year, we'll watch like a holiday movie with our daughter. And so we often will watch like one of these older, many of what I just Mm -hmm. mentioned. And, but we were talking about home alone and I was like, you know what, even in the nineties, 
the fact that these people forgot their kid, even though he's the annoying one or the one that always causes trouble, you know, in yeah. theory or whatever, the one who gets caught. Yeah. Know, I was going to say, it's the one that gets caught. Yes. He wasn't really, everybody else was starting to They were all bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're kids, whatever. But I yeah. was just like, I don't. I don't know. But then it's also, it's like, it's a movie. It's the, you know, and it's the yeah. promise of the premise. Like you had, they, and they made it happen. And it's still, it's definitely one of my favorites. And I mean, I mean, there's a reason why even as a, a grown ass adult, that is mm-hmm. what Macaulay Culkin is known for. <laughs> yep. And like, I was saying the other day, I'm like, there is just nothing as funny as those scenes of, of like the, uh, the torture. <laughs> the torture scene but like the oh fun house God. like when yeah. he brings the wet bandits into the house and just tor- <laughs> I, there is nothing funnier that is just beautiful comedy gold and i think Every- we, too, we were like we were watching it this was probably even last year and we were just like they would be dead they would they not would be dead they would be dead but <laughs> <laughs> so like the moment that they got the paint can to the face that if yeah. they made it that far. Actually, yeah. When Daniel Stern falls into the basement, gone. Rip. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh my gosh. But, you know, again, <laughs> promise of the premise. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a movie. Um, <laughs> the magic of the movies, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So let's move into books. Mm-hmm. So I was really, I was like, I know that I read like 9 million, like kind of holiday focused books. Yeah. But the ones that really stuck out, there were kind of two that really stuck out. And the first one is called the best Christmas pageant ever by Bar- Barbara Robinson. And it's about this family and all of the kids, they're all like bad oh, kids. Like they're course. all just like, they're always the troublemakers. They're always like acting out. And I, I should have reread it. Cause again, it, it's like a kid's book. I probably could have read it in like an hour, but, um, and I, so I don't remember the exact setup as to like why these kids were always so bad, but they, I think what ends up happening is like one of the teachers or somebody is like, well, we'll put them, we'll put them in the Christmas pageant. It'll they give need them an something, they need something to do. And it's basically yep. them just wreaking havoc on even just like the preparations of the Christmas pageant. And then the kids. actual, yeah. And then the actual Christmas, the actual Christmas pageant, like spoiler alert, but it's literally from like the early nineties is that and then it it like ends up happening and it's like kind of fine and they they kind of like it like works out so yeah I'm definitely now I'm like sitting I should google and find it because now I want to read it but I just remember I think we even we may have read it in school Mm -hmm. um that seems like a school like a book we would read like as you know I think yeah and it not even really I think it was just like yeah I think it was just more like here's something easy right before Mm -hmm. we go on break but I remember really enjoying that movie um, or movie at that, that book. And then the other one that I want to bring up are the, were the babysitters club Christmas books. And the two, I remember, I don't remember the titles, but I remember Mallory and Jesse got books and, you know, mm-hmm. Mallory and Jesse didn't get as many books as everyone else because they were like the younger babysitters. Yeah. So Mallory and Jesse got Christmas books though. And I just remember them being, so if I mean all the babysitters club books, like absolutely adored them. Um, I feel like my daughter is like, she probably could read them, but they don't, you know, she's like, well, the book doesn't have pictures, which she doesn't like need pictures, but you know what I mean? Like chapter mm-hmm. book plus pictures, but they do make, they make babysitters club graphic novels now. So maybe she'd like that. Oh, that would be really cool. Yeah. But I feel like she, like the storyline and everything, I feel like she would really love the babysitters club. So cute. 
I love that. The babysitter's club is so good. And she's like getting into that perfect age for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So for me, I just have a couple of additions. I was trying to remember the author's name of the, uh, of the version of the Nutcracker that I would read as a kid. It was the little picture. It's a, it's a very popular picture book with a scary looking Nutcracker on the front. Mm -hmm. I want to say it was the same guy who did, uh, um, Marcus, but anyway, very good, beautiful book. Audiobook is really great for it too. Uh, It's something that I loved as a kid. And then I also am going to throw out our one of our favorite books that we always talk about. Can't get almost can't get a podcast out without mentioning Little Women. I think Little Women is such a great Christmas Mm -hmm. uh, Christmas book (laughs) because there's such a big chunk of Christmassy vibe in there. So there really, I mean, because there really are two. It starts at Christmas basically, and Mm -hmm. then when Mr. March comes home yep. is also Christmas. So yeah, that's really lovely. Yeah. Little women's a Christmas book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not only, but yeah, <laughs> I love that. Okay. So now let's move into new school. So this is yes. all of like the newer media. So probably what, maybe the last decade or so, maybe a little, a little bit before that, mm-hmm. but basically stuff that now are kind of becoming Christmas classics, I guess. Um, and so let's, we'll go kind of in the same order, sure. but with a few little caveats. So like, I want to talk about the return of the holiday special on TV, but also Christmas TV episodes on specific shows. So Mm -hmm. what is your first recommendation? Okay. So I went with the Christmas episode theme. Um, I love, I love the office, like any person in this world will say they love the office, but they always did really good Christmas episodes. They Mm -hmm. did great Christmas and Valentine's Day episodes because they did lean into the fact that there was like, this was a family, this is a community. This was a group of people that in other situations would never get along, but that is why Christmas brings people together. So I love the, and they were just on, um, I was just watching that on Comedy Central. Uh, so I picked that. And then I also just watched also on Comedy Central, they are getting into their version of, um, making like lifetime Hallmark parody (laughs) movies. Yeah. So I watched one last night, um, and I'll make sure I put this in the the Mm -hmm. notes for us, but it's called, um, the Klusterfunk Christmas. (laughs) And it's like a very silly rip on like a small town Christmas movie, but very overdone because it's got Sherry O'Terry and uh, yeah. Anna Gasteyer in it. Um, so and, funny. Yeah. And Cheyenne Jackson. So <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Um, Gilmore Girls always did really great Christmas stuff. Cause I'm just thinking about like cozy, like Christmas to me is always like yeah. cozy. And when I'm watching my Christmas specials and shows, like I want it to have that sort of just like family, everyone together, mm-hmm. even like succession on their holiday episodes have <laughs> brought their whole family together to just tear each other apart. Like those are, that's what I'm looking for in my, in my holiday specials. I love that. Um, yeah. The other TV show that I think I would mention is the OC mm-hmm. and the creation of Chris Mika, um, because Seth Cohen had to deal with having Christmas and Hanukkah. So we he love, made, we love our Christmas. Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God for Christmas. So yeah. So yeah, it's very fun. Um, I don't even remember. I know I watched at least one or two of the, those. I mean, I didn't watch the OC the whole way through, yeah, same. but I know I, I watched enough of them to like be familiar enough with Christmas. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I don't even remember the specifics of the show, but 
I remember they were fun. And then, so then I want to talk about the new, these new Christmas TV specials, um, kind of the like celebrity Christmas where they invite all their friends on. Mm -hmm. And so the ones that I have really enjoyed was, I remember a few years ago, a very Murray Christmas came out with Bill Murray and just like literally everyone he knew just came on that special and that's on Netflix. I also really enjoyed the Casey Musgraves Christmas show that's on Amazon prime. And it's just very sweet and, you know, a little silly, but you know, she also, and she also released like a Christmas album around the same time that it came out. And it was just very delightful. And then we have on Apple TV plus the Mariah Carey magical Christmas special. So that came out, out. Yeah, that one came out last year. And then the new one is the Mariah Carey magical Christmas special, The Magic Continues, which I think just went up on Apple TV Plus. I have not watched it yet. You know I'm going to yeah. um, mm-hmm. at some point <laughs> before Christmas. <laughs> this is just gonna be great. It's like it's like on the one hand, it's like, gosh, is is Mariah Carey really this ridiculous? Yes. But then I also think she gets it like she understands that she's over the top and wild um and that's what like her fans want like I think she gets that too you know yes so she she gives the people what they want and you know and of course is it really Christmas unless you hear all I want for Christmas is you no at least 700 times and I think I'm you know lowballing that because I could, I could listen to the, the Mariah Carey Christmas album year round, I think. Um, and probably have, <laughs> I probably, yeah, sometimes I listen to it. It's fine. like, it's March and I need my Mariah. Okay. I do. I do. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some movies. Yes. So this could be like new movies, but I was thinking the phenomenon that I think started with kind of the Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies, yes. but then Netflix is really capitalized on as well. But then there are also movies that come outside of that. So I'm going to confess something. I never really watched the Hallmark movies. Yeah. Some of that has to do with that. I just, I don't have the Hallmark channel on any of my varying streaming services. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I just, I've never really gotten into it. And then, but when I do end up seeing one, whether, you know, it's like kind of like on Hulu or, you know, where one just comes up or something, like, I'm just like, not all that impressed. Yeah. That's just me, but I will, but I have really embraced the cheesy Netflix Christmas movie, all the movies that have come. And the ones yeah. that I really enjoy are a Christmas Prince and all of the other ones, you know, the rest <laughs> of them, there are two more. And then, which is really, you know, it's about this journalist kind of who meets this prince and then yep. they fall in love. And then the next one is about their wedding. And the one after that is about their baby. Yep. Um, and then this one though, the, is the Christmas switch with Vanessa Hudgens. And it's mm-hmm. just like, I think every year when they make them, they're just adding another Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. Except for this last one, because like they only. Yeah. They're just the three. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Yeah. I, so yeah, I have not watched that one, but it's on my list. I mean, it's just, I'm ready though. It's so, they're so ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) They are, but they're fun. They are. They're so fun. They're, they really all are fun. And, and I think they know that they're silly. So Mm -hmm. I like when you can tell that they're like in on the joke, they don't think they're making like 
this like groundbreaking new Christmas movie. Yep. <laughs> Whatever that may be. And then my final one is, is brand new. It's on HBO max. It's called eight bit Christmas. And it's basically the millennial version of the Christmas or a Christmas story. It's oh, okay. Neil Patrick Harris plays a dad and he's thinking about the winter or the Christmas that everyone wanted a Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, so, it, and so he's doing the narration and his, um, and it kind of, the way they set it up is like his daughter really wants a phone. Like she really wants a phone for Christmas. And he's like, no, you're not getting one. And mm-hmm. then, and she's like, well, why wouldn't you, you probably got what you wanted for Christmas. And then he like tells her the story about how he did not get a Nintendo. I mean, and you know, this from the start basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but what's so great about this, and this is very specific to me is the, it's based off of a book. I don't remember if it's the, a book of the same name or not, but the author of the book and therefore, and the screenwriter, they're the same person is from the town I live in is from Batavia, Illinois. So it is set in Batavia, Illinois. And there are all of these amazing, like very specific Illinois jokes, (laughs) like about how Wisconsin drivers are terrible drivers. Um, (laughs) But then, you know, but even just they, like they'll, they were talking about things that I was like, that's, not that far from my house like so that was really fun fun. if you want kind of and it is and it's nice because it's not like anyone is like it's like a very nice like homey kind of blue collar kind of of a a story about this Mm -hmm. family who more than likely they they just can't afford to have or buy an a brand new nintendo and the kid and as a kid, like he, I think he even kind of knows that, you know, but it was, it was really cute. It, I mean, it's definitely for a kid, yes. like my, my seven-year-old laughed the whole time. Like she thought <laughs> it was very silly. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely geared towards kids, but I really, I thought it was really cute, but then I also have like this personal aspect, you know, or thing yeah. to go along You got the it. nostalgia part of it. Yeah. 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 I <laughs> so love that. Those are mine. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm going to add in a couple of extras. So I already mentioned yeah. a, a Clooster, a Clooster Funk uh, Christmas <laughs> on Comedy Central, which you can catch uh, all over the place. I'm yeah. going to throw in A Castle for Christmas, which mm-hmm. is the new Brooke Shields, Carrie Yules, and written by Allie Carter. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, she wrote the screenplay for it, um, about which is so cool because I remember seeing her at RWA in Orlando. She was mm-hmm. the MC for the Rita awards that year. Oh, fun. And she was talking about how she went for a week and rented out like a Scottish castle. Cause it was oh, like, fun. it's so, it's so like cheap, you know, quote unquote cheap to do that. Cause there's so many estates that they have to like do something <laughs> with. So she, uh, she went and, and did this writing retreat for a week in a castle in Scotland with a couple of other writers. And so to see that, and then her turning that sort of experience into a story yeah, this so sweet fun. holiday romance with Brooke Shields and Carrie and it's really I mean it is cheesy it's on Netflix but it's yeah. uh it's it's sweet and I I think that, that sometimes at the end of the day is what we kind of sign up for when we're looking at these sort of oh yeah emotional Hallmark Netflix lifetime sort of thing <laughs> but if you want edgier I think lifetime is what you go for because they're gonna at least add a little bit of kissing and sex into their story yeah for sure <laughs> So that's it for, for shows, for new things yeah. to watch or new movies. I had a holiday, I had a Hanukkah book this week. Oh, oh nice. the matzo ball. It's yeah. So I've seen that one floating around. Yeah. Yeah. Not one. I mean, it's cute. It's definitely very controversial in the sense that it's a, it's a Jewish woman. It's about a Jewish 
writer who has made a career of, uh, of writing Christmas stories and is mm-hmm. now commissioned by her publisher to write a, a Hanukkah story. Oh, and she okay. doesn't want to do it because she is going to get exposed for not being a, a Christian writing Christmas books. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then she falls in love with her. Recon- it's a, it's, it's a, it's cool. Cause it's a little like Sonali Dev where it's not super, super, super about the romance. Mm-hmm. It's more about the interpersonal relationships and like finding yourself and your strength in there. Um, sure. But it also takes place at a, at a Jew, at a uh, Hanukkah ball on the last day of Hanukkah. So if you like pretty mm-hmm. fancy things, it's got that. In yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that one has been popping up all over the place right now. I mean, it is the time of year for that, but they've got two more days left. (laughs) Yeah. And I've seen that. I've seen that pop up a lot. So I'm, I'm glad you read it. I I think that's great. Okay. So for my book recommendations, obviously I'm focusing on romance for like this new school segment. And I want to say, if you love the Hallmark and Lifetime and Netflix movies, then you need to go to harlequin.com and just look at <laughs> their Christmas books. There's so many, it's almost overwhelming. Um, I'd also say another publisher though, that in recent years has really focused on kind of the holiday winter Christmassy reads is forever, which they're owned by Hachette. Uh-huh. Um, and they've got a lot of really great books as well, but I, you know, have to go talk about Harlequin, this has been like my year or two of Harlequin books. And so I've been reading a ton of them and they're short, they're quick and they're fun. Um, and I really just have enjoyed my time with them. So the first one I want to talk, I talked about a couple of, I talked about some last time. So now mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about the two that I was either in the midst of starting right. or hadn't started yet. So those two are, one is called Christmas Miracle in Jamaica by Anne McIntosh, which is, which was my first Harlequin medical romance. And it's about a man and a woman who have a fling at a, like a medical conference and they're both doctors and they have a medical, they were at a medical conference. They have a one night stand, but they don't really know. They they don't even know that they're both attending the same conference. Like it's very fast and that's it cut to a couple of months later where she is going to, for the month of December, like November and December, she's going to Jamaica. She's from the UK. It's going to Jamaica to work at this new hospital and like help them get their like neurology department started. And <laughs> she like walks in and there's the guy that she Ooh. had this one night stand with. And, and he is a doctor in a different department. He, but he's a doctor at this hospital in Jamaica and, and it is, it's like, you know, and she's spending Christmas away from her family. So like, he like kind of brings her in with his friends and, and his family mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, it was really, really cute. And not too like there was some medical talk, but it was almost like, oh wait, yeah, this is a medical Harlequin medical. Right. Like, we, need, we need something to happen with doctors. Um, <laughs> but it was, I really enjoyed that one. Yes. And then, yes. And then another one that I actually just finished this morning is what he wants for Christmas by Brenda Jackson mm. who was a legend in the yeah, we love Brenda. Yeah. Love Brenda. And this is, it's part of a lot of her books are part of this big fa- family saga. Called, it's like, they're called the Westmorelands. And I, one of the characters in this book is like a, a Westmoreland cousin. Oh, um, cool. And it's a Harlequin desire. So they're very wealthy 
and you know someone is trying to take over her com- the the heroine's company and so the hero comes in and of course they had a thing like in college but they broke up and it was messy and so he comes in and he like saves her company from going under and the stipulation it's one of those like the stipulation is you have to spend a week with me in my like remote cabin in mm-hmm. the woods for like right i think leading into christmas and so she agrees but then they kind of for reasons like decide they're like oh well we don't need to do like this is fine like we're we're back on the same footing like we don't have we don't have to like spend this week together and they're gonna leave but then a snowstorm hits and they get snowed in Mm -hmm. um so they are forced to spend this these like three or four days together and it's it was really it was really it was really lovely so I enjoyed that and then another one is just for the holidays by Adriana Herrera which is also kind of a snowed in romance but and 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 it's a second chance as well and it was just it was really delightful and and atmospheric and 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 like I said it's like they're kind of reconnecting after years of being apart and then another one I want to mention and this one I should I'm gonna you know full disclosure I know this author she lives near me and we have interacted a lot even in person but it's OMG Christmas Tree by Stephanie J. Scott and it's a contemporary romance it's small town and basically the the two main characters both want the same Christmas tree like there's this one Christmas tree that's left and it's like perfect for both like what they need yeah and they kind of they kind of they kind of fight over it but then then they kind of keep running into each other over the course of the holiday it's really it's really cute and it's it's a novella so it's like you'll read it like yeah yeah um and then i want to mention a princess for christmas and duke actually both by jenny holiday though a princess for christmas came out last year and then duke actually came out this year and these are just their royal romances with a christmas angle they're very sweet and then one that i i read almost every year and it's a historical romance and it's lady sophie's christmas wish by grace burroughs it's also a snowed in. I think I really like snowed in romances. <laughs> I was going to say, like I'm forced, seeing yeah, a trend. Forced, forced proximity, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and yeah, and they get stuck. And it, it is a historical. So they kind of, they get stuck at like this estate without anyone else around. And, and yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and then also there are a ton of sexy Santa romances. And so this funny. is both like actual Santa being sexy or like, you know, a mall Santa being sexy. It, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, romance yeah. reasons. Yeah. Romance reasons. Romance I, reasons. I, had to, I had to be like, okay, well, let's, yeah. let's put the Santa in a different part of the mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and like I said, there are a ton, there are a ton, especially like on Kindle Unlimited or self-published mm-hmm. ones. Um so yeah, and most of those are really short, like their novellas are just called shorts where they're pro- basically just like a scene or two, you know? Yeah. So yeah, those are a lot of fun. <laughs> I love it. It's uh, you know, there's a Santa for everyone out there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh my gosh. Well, well yeah, I, I feel less like less of a Scrooge. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with our interview with Roan Parrish. Thanks for chatting with us today. So because of the magic of publishing, you probably wrote the lights on Knockbridge Lane when it wasn't really the holiday season. How did you get into the spirit to write this novel full of holiday charm? Yeah, I um, I don't really respect calendar holidays in any way. Awesome. So I like Halloween and like the winter holidays are my favorite. And so mm-hmm. I strive for like 
three months of Halloween, like September, October, November is Halloween. And then December, January, February is the hollow winter holidays. And then yes. like summer can go die because I hate being hot and sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I actually wrote this book in the summer and, um, my, I, so I'm Jewish and mm-hmm. I, I never oh. grew up celebrating Christmas. But I have this like fantasy. I think so many. I've I've experienced many Jewish people who have this fantasy of Christmas because yeah, yeah. you didn't have any of the negative stuff, you know, like yeah. you didn't have like family strife or stress mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just this like <laughs> pure fantasy. Um, so I actually not long before I wrote this book made my very sweet girlfriend celebrate Christmas with me in the summer. <laughs> I desperately wanted an opportunity to celebrate it because I never really had, and we called it Sweatmas because it was oh so hot gosh. and we, um, Chef's we like, turned the air conditioning on really, really high so we could wear Christmas sweaters <laughs> <laughs> and did Christmassy things. And she was like, I want to make sure I'm not like erasing your religion or culture or whatever. And yeah. I was like, I, I pressured you into doing this. So that was one <laughs> way that I got into, into the spirit. Um, and the other is just like, I love, love, love flipping through beautiful photographs. And so I would mm. look on Instagram or mm. TikTok or whatever for like seasonal stuff. And I would look at these gorgeous, um, you know, like snowy vistas and stuff. And yeah. since the book's set in Wyoming, I would look up like Christmas in Wyoming and mm-hmm. it would just be like beautiful lights reflected in the snow and Aww. icicles dripping. And so I would just like not look out the window at the mm-hmm. summer and just like pretend that it was very wintry. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So did you do your sweat mist in June or July? I think we did it in July. Mm-hmm. A little Christmas yeah. in July action on yeah. that. I love that yeah. so much. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your partner is a uh, trooper. It's a real, I, she was actually super surprised to find out that, that I really liked Christmas or like, mm. uh, loved the idea of Christmas because it doesn't really, I mean, not that personalities go together like outfits or something, but like it, it didn't seem clear. It wasn't obvious to her when we, that I would be someone (laughs) who really was into Christmas. And I was like, no, but I, but I like it. And I want to do this thing. Do you want to do it? Or thinking maybe she would be like, no, that's so ridiculous. (laughs) She was super we got, she had like that. a little Christmas tree, oh, like a pumpkin oh. one that she brought over and we, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. So awesome. I love that. So, um, you mentioned that the series is set in Wyoming. What made you choose Wyoming Yeah, <laughs> of all <Yeah>. states? <laughs> well, so I, I really like to write books only about places that I've at least been to. I feel mm-hmm. like you, know, you can do research and I think it's totally possible to write a book realistically about a place you've never been, but I just love knowing like what things smell like and what they Mm -hmm. taste like. And when you drive from the airport to the highway, like, is there this weird broken down hotel on the side of the road? And like, you can make that stuff up, but I just think it's so fun. So I went to Wyoming with a group of dear friends a few years ago uh, before the pandemic. And we rented like a cabin in protected forest land, like very kind of uh, what's called high elevation in Wyoming. So it was like not as many people. Uh, we were all like huffing and puffing because we were not fit <laughs> enough to not be affected by the elevation. Mm-hmm. But it was so beautiful. And it was in the summer. It was actually in July, early July. Mm-hmm. And there was still snow on the mountaintops. Mm-hmm. Like go hiking and you could walk around a lake that still had ice in the middle of the lake. Oh, and they wow. had apparently had like a snowfall recently. And the person whose house or who rented it out was telling us that they had had a snowstorm like two weeks before. So in late June. 
Um, and that that was pretty normal for the high elevation. And I was just so charmed by that. And I love winter and cool, cozy weather. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I had like such amazing experiences there. I, um, I put bird seed in my hand and actual chipmunks ate it out of my palm. (laughs) Like I was, it was outrageous. (laughs) There were like moose would emerge from the woods and in the morning, I mean, it was just magical. And it was like, the magic of nature. And after I was there, I was like, I need to either move here or write a book set here. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to move there. Um, <laughs> so I, not cause there's anything wrong with it. Just, you know, not my, not my jam, but um, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to write a series of books set there. And when I wrote better than people, the first book in the series, I was like, Oh, this will be great. Cause it's going to be small town. That's perfect for Wyoming. And I was like, Oh, it'll, it'll be like a little fantasy queer town in mm-hmm. the middle of a state that like, you know, I'm sure has lots of queer people, but isn't like known as a, as a queer cultural center or anything. Right. Um, Cause I think that there aren't that many queer books that are set in the middle West or in, um, you know, places that are like rural, but not mm-hmm like your typical charming small town New mm-hmm. Hampshire or something yeah. so I just wanted to like show that there are queer people everywhere and make this town be like a sweet lovely town yeah fantasy yeah but in a place that there aren't that many queer books written about yeah I really I really appreciated that aspect of your series like I told you I told you before like when we were setting this up that I'm a really big fan of all of the books in the series um, yeah. And so I just, I loved that. It was just like, there's, there's this town there. Everyone who lives there is welcome and loved mm-hmm. and cared for. It was really, yeah, really, so really good. wonderful. Um, so I'm going to yeah switch gears just a little bit, but still talking about the series, but in very exciting news, even though the book has been out for a while as at the time of recording. Um, but the lights on Knockbridge lane is the first Harlequin category romance to feature a same sex main couple. And I was wondering if you could walk us through the decision or at least the parts of it that you know about um, for this book to move from Karina Press to Harlequin Special Edition. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the first two books, like you said, were published by Karina, which is like a very active queer uh, mm-hmm. kind of, um, imprint of Harlequin. But the, the category lines haven't had one. I think that there were a couple like Uh, canon bisexual characters but Mm -hmm. still in heterosexual relationships on the page Um, and it actually happened kind of by accident Um, (laughs) my lovely editor Carrie at Karina sent the editor of special editions the manuscript for better than people because she thought she would really like it Mm -hmm. Um, and that editor was like oh I want this I want to publish it and Carrie was like oh sorry we're already publishing it and the, (laughs) the sequel I just thought you would really like it and then yeah. uh, Gail, the editor of Special Editions, was like, oh, well, do you think this author would want to write another book or two books in the series for Special Editions? Because I think it would really fit the line. Um, and so they approached me to see if I wanted to do that. And at the time, I like I have to confess, you know, I didn't grow up reading romance. And because I read mostly queer romance, I've never been a Harlequin reader. Mm-hmm. So I was I was actually quite ignorant of the history yeah. of publishing. I didn't know at the time that it was going to be the first queer book. Yeah. And when I found out, I was actually like, well, that sounds like kind of a bad deal for me because you don't actually want mm. to put a book in the hands of someone who's never had an ex- had any experience marketing it before. Like mm-hmm. queer books want to find audiences that read queer books. And so if it's their first one, I, and so I got on the phone with them and I was kind of like, okay, I kind of need to know that you 
get that being the first one, like that's awesome. And I, I don't want to downplay that at all. But my, to be honest, my first thought was one of like, Oh, I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, they were really excited about it and were very willing to work with me and hear about like what kinds of marketing things had worked for me for my books in the past and work with Karina. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then once it was actually happening, I was like, Oh, this is so cool to um, you know, to be able to be part of this shift, this Mm -hmm. very necessary shift. And like, I think that one of the things that I've talked about online with, with folks was like, there was some pushback when the book came out, not pushback to it being queer, but pushback to people being like, this is a no big, no big deal. Like every other publisher publishes queer books. And I was like, yeah, they do. And Mm -hmm. Harlequin also should, and is late to the game. And like, let's be super honest all the other publishers were late to the game too. Like it's not like all these publishers did it when they should have and Harlequin is late. It's like everyone was 200 years late to the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Harlequin (laughs) is like 210 years late to the game. Um, So yeah, I was super excited to be part of that. And I, I take really seriously the Mm -hmm. not uh, the responsibility. Yes. But more like um, I want the book to do well because I do not want there to be a single excuse for any of the other lines to be like, oh, we don't want to do this because the book didn't sell. I want every single line at Harlequin, just like every other romance imprint or publisher to be like, well, of course we publish queer mm-hmm. books. Just right. like we publish books by queer authors, just like we have queer characters, secondary characters in our books. Like I want it to be such a no brainer mm-hmm. that people forget that I was the first one because there are so many and it's like the market is just flooded with all these queer Harlequin books. And honestly, I think Harlequin would do well to do that because eventually all of the people who've been fans for 50 years are going to die and they're going to need a whole new market of absolutely subscribe. <laughs> and if they don't like update to the diversity that our world has, yeah. they're not going to have readers. So I'm very excited to be part of this like very much needed change. Love that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, your characters, Adam and Wes, are something of opposites attract romance, which I love. I'm always such a fan. Um, what do you love about pitting two people who don't make immediate sense together, pitting them against each other? Yeah, I, I love opposites attract. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's one of the most exciting pairings for me because hmm. it reminds us that like true connection is not about the superficial things. Like mm-hmm. we both like the same kind of music or mm-hmm. we both have the same outlook at life. Like true connection comes from, I'm about to sound like so cheesy, but like a kind of soul connection where there's just something about this other person that feels like home to you. And I think sometimes you can feel that about someone even before yeah. you get to know them deeply. And I mean, sometimes you're wrong, <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> it So I feel like, um, yeah, Opposites Attract gives the opportunity to like dig into characters and find what are the right opposites to attract in this book. Because there are some Opposites Attract that are like opposites through and through. They really have nothing in common. And the fact that they like each other is because they admire the opposite traits. And that's just it. And that's fun. Like, I I like reading those. It's, It's cute. But then... I always think about like, okay, but what does this couple look like in 20 years? Mm -hmm. Because you know how you Mm -hmm. you meet like your friend's parents and you meet one of them. And the the one, one is like really kind of like expansive and uh, 
intelligent and think thoughtful and all these things. And then you meet and you meet the other one and you're like, oh yeah, I can't wait to meet your other parent. Cause this one is so cool. And then you meet the other one and they're like weirdly conservative and uh-huh. <laughs> uh, based and everything. And you're like, okay, I mean, I'm sure they like each other, but like, this is not cute anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the, 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 the kind of wild opposites attract, like biker meets math teacher. That's hot. And it's mm-hmm. great for the first year where all you care about is each other because you're still in that like, oh my God, my brain chemistry is making me obsessed with you phase. But yeah. then like 20 years later, are you voting for different people? Are you oh. to be friends with the same people? Like those yeah. are pairs that I think they're cute on the page. But when I think them through long-term, I am horrified by imagining this. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I really love Opposites Attract where like they they seem different, like affect wise or personality wise, or they have these different experiences, but they share some kind of like core values where they, once they can get past the scene, the superficial differences, Mm -hmm. what they find is that they have this real like soul bond and they look at the world and have the same dreams for the future of the world. So with Adam and Wes, like Wes, I mean, it's kind of like a grumpy sunshine pairing, you know, Wes is a very, um, like, insular, mm-hmm. uh, hides in his house, is an eccentric scientist, does experiments and like, doesn't care about meeting people. Mm-hmm. And Adam is very sunny and chatty and loves to talk with new people and is excited about just like learning random things. And so it seems like, you know, they are opposites, but then when they get together, they find that they both deeply value the same things. They value making the people closest to them happy. They value, growing as people Mm -hmm. like they both have these ideas about their lives where like where am I going to be in 10 years in 20 years someplace different than I am now and the dream of what it is is similar right so like I love putting together characters where if a reader gets to the end of the book and thinks like are they going to be together in 10 years not only are they like yeah they're going to be together in 10 years but they're like and their relationship I can like I can project into the future how Mm -hmm. that relationship is because their qualities or their dreams or their aspirations are really aligned. Mm -hmm. And I think with Adam, Gus, Adam's daughter is a big part of that where like they both admire in Gus qualities that they lack in Mm. themselves. Mm. So Gus is like fearless and hasn't yet had like society hasn't yet squeezed out of her all of her (laughs) (laughs) desires to like have what she wants and not capitulate or compromise at all um you know she just like says what she wants says what she doesn't want and her life is easier for it and both Wes and Adam have trouble with boundaries with expressing their desires with like Mm -hmm. admitting their fears And so they both look at Gus and see this kind of aspirational personality. And I feel like that if you, if you read that about two people, you're like, oh, they will be great co-parents because they both value the same things in this kid, but also like they admire the same things in her, which means they will work together to cultivate those qualities in themselves and in each other. And I just feel like it's so satisfying to get to the end of a book and be able to be like, oh yeah, I see where this is going to go. They're going to be like, a quote unquote power couple in whatever, you know, power <laughs> couple could just be like in the way that you are together, but yeah, that they would like match each other and honor each other's mm-hmm. um, futures. Yeah. Love that. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. I have to say my, my daughter is around the age that Gus is and 
it was just so great to read a kid character that was like a kid character. (laughs) She felt very true to life. So I really, I really appreciated that. (laughs) I'm so glad. And I have to confess like to you and to anyone, uh, I know nothing about children and I am like, I don't have, like, I'm not a kid person. And the the reason I wanted to write a kid was that my sister and her wife had a baby a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, a child. They are so strange. I should put one in a book. And of course, everyone who actually has kids is like, yeah, they're weird. They're total weirdos. (laughs) So I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta do something with this. I love it. Yeah. I know. Oh gosh. Kids are such weirdos. Um, True. (laughs) Such weirdos. So I follow you on social media. And so I know, and I know we're going to talk a little bit in the preview next question about your podcast a bit, but um, you always share recipes, you know, here and there on social media. And of course on the podcast, your romance writer. So, but I have to ask you, what are you or what have you been baking throughout the various holiday seasons we are celebrating right now? Yes. Tell us what you're making. Oh my gosh. I love baking so much. And I felt like during the pandemic, when everyone was else was getting really into baking, mm-hmm. I was like, I finally, like finally people see what's so great about it. And for some reason during the pandemic, when everyone else was stepping up their baking, I was like, eh, I'm not really in the mood to bake. Um, but I've just kind of been like getting back into it. I think in a, in a, the cold weather always makes me want to bake stuff. Same. Um, currently I am obsessed with baking pumpkin bread with streusel. Yum. Yum. It's so good. So Smitten Kitchen is one of the only um, website slash cookbook people, like one mm-hmm. of the only cooks whose recipes I actually follow the recipe for. I'm not a big recipe person and I Mm -hmm. always want to change things, even if I've never baked it before, but her recipes are one of the very few that I'm like, if I actually follow this to the T, it's going to be great no matter what. So I started out with her base. Like, I think it's called like craggy pumpkin bread or something. Cause she makes, she always does like really tall ones. Mm -hmm. And I started like messing around with that one. And I added a streusel topping and I will put like a cinnamon coffee uh, layer in the, like yeah. do half of the batter, then do like a cinnamon coffee layer, then the other half of the batter, then the streusel. Yum. Um, it's like, I, and I could just eat it every, with every meal, just like yeah. every meal. Um, the other thing that I've gotten into recently is um, croissants. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I've never made them before. And I was really intimidated and yes. I actually, someone on Twitter, I think like, does anyone have a foolproof, like beginner first time croissant recipe? And someone pointed me toward an, uh, someone who had done it on Instagram, who had like done the whole process on Instagram and had nice. saved it in her highlights. So that you nice. And it's great. Cause I'm a really visual learner. So I followed her, uh, recipe and technique and homemade croissants are the greatest thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, pumpkin bread and croissants have been my like two most recent uh, obsessions. Oh my god, that's amazing! Oh yeah, you'll god. have to share the um, the Instagram helper yeah, yeah. on that one because yeah, that would be fan. amazing. Um, great, and she really takes you through every every single step, which I find really useful because I like to if I can watch someone do something, I can mm-hmm. usually replicate it. But uh, you know, they're complicated. They are complicated, and you have to have like all the right environments. Like everything has to be working out that day. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know what? Even when they're not perfect, they're still great. Like I burned a batch, and if you just peeled off the outer layer, they were still really good. I, Ooh. Batch, mm-hmm. I, I mean, really, it's 
it's just butter. I can eat that raw. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. That's what I ever, I would buy the um, Trader Joe's or Whole Foods sells the frozen ones that you can just put in the freezer or you can just put in the oven for like 30 minutes and they're like the best, best so treat good. for a Sunday. Oh yeah. my God. I'm walking through the door to the smell of croissants in the oven is like heavenly. Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Well, so in addition to being a writer and an amateur baker, um, you're also a podcast host. You host Dear Romance Author with fellow authors Avery Flynn and Zio Axelrod. How did this come about and uh, what have you enjoyed most about hosting a podcast? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So Dear Romance Writer is an advice podcast. And I had the idea actually before the pandemic started and I was going to just do it myself. Um, I am a long time advice columnist junkie. I love Mm -hmm. advice podcasts. I love advice columns. Like if I'm stuck in a bus station, I will go try to find the newspaper and like find a Dear Abby, you know, kind of column. I especially love the local ones where it's like Dear Jonathan or whoever, you know, that's clearly Dear Abby, but it's like just the the local one. Um, And so I was like, it would be so fun to do a podcast where I sort of like try to help people with relationship things from the perspective of someone who writes romance novels. And the way I originally thought of it, I was still single then. And I was like, uh, like, I'm not successful in love, but I write about it for a living. Let Mm -hmm. me try to help you. And, um, I was going to just, yeah, do it by myself. And then, um, the pandemic hit and I was like, gosh, I can't think of anything. People need less than my opinion about stuff. Uh, I'm going to just table this. Um, but then like a year ago, Avery and Zio and I were chatting and I don't remember how it all came about, but they were like, let's do, um, a fun project. Like we just all need something fun that isn't writing based. That isn't like business. Let's just do something fun. And I was like, you know, I had this idea and I shelved it, but maybe it would actually be way more fun with multiple people. And I told them about the podcast and I had told Zio the idea you know, mm-hmm. before that. And she was like, oh yeah, you should do it. But yeah, I told them about it and asked if they wanted to do it. And they were both jazzed about it. And so we were like, okay, I mean, between the three of us, surely we know enough people that we could get guests on the podcast and we could do this thing. So yeah, that's how it came about. And I'm now having done it. I am so glad I didn't try to do it by myself because it's like, it's not uh, more work than is possible, but you both know it's kind of a lot of work. And I, I think I probably would have done a few episodes and then gotten to the editing part and been like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Like the busy work part of things Mm -hmm. often. So fortunately for us, uh, Avery is really good at that. And so she does that part of things. Um, But yeah, it's so fun and I love it. And we've had amazing guests on Mm -hmm. like other authors. We've had an actor, we've had some other podcasters. Like it's just been really fun. And I'm so hopeful in the future that we could get, we can like expand beyond Romance Landia. Like I would love Mm -hmm. to get, folks who have experienced writing other things or who are like in film or TV or music. Cause yeah. I, I like the idea of it being creatives giving advice. Cause I feel like that follows a certain, you mm-hmm. know, it's like different than like a lawyer giving advice maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's been really fun. So we talked a little bit about this earlier, but I was wondering if you have any holiday traditions and it doesn't have to be limited to Christmas just because you wrote a Christmas book or a holiday yeah. book. Um, yeah. What are some of your traditions? Yeah. Well, before the pandemic, I threw a Halloween party every year that was Mm. 
like the most elaborate food and drink. Um, and really I threw it. I mean, I love my friends, of course, but like, really I threw it as an excuse for me to be able to spend two days making like weird, creepy Halloween foods. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was so fun. And I think I did that for like five years maybe. Um, and each year it was like, I would take the favorites from the years before and then like try to add a couple new things. And it was so fun. So I would do like, uh, skull, skull pizza pockets and, uh, like intestines that were phyllo dough wrapped around, um, (laughs) vegetables with like ketchup blood and just like all this stuff and cupcakes and cakes and jello molds and whatever you can get. And, um, then people would come and we would basically like sit around and eat the food. And then I would be like, all right, cool. Get out of my house. I'm so tired from two days. Uh, but that was really fun. So that was my favorite holiday tradition. Um, I don't have many like winter holiday traditions. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things about growing up Jewish is that there's just like, there's like families that have traditions, but there really mm-hmm. isn't a sort of cultural standard of right. what you do. Like a, it's eight days long. So nobody really celebrates for all eight days. So you either kind of do the first day night or the last night or the first mm-hmm. and the last night. Also, it never is at the same time and you usually don't have off for work or school. So I remember being a kid and, you know, coming home and, or like waking up and my parents being like, tonight's the first night of Hanukkah. And then I would go to school and people were like, it is Wednesday, (laughs) nothing special at all. You know, so there's like, we didn't grow up really with like super clear traditions around that. And as an adult, like I'm not much for ceremony. So Mm -hmm. I usually will go, you know, I live in West Philly and I have a number of friends in my neighborhood. And so people will usually have like a holiday party and I'll go, but I feel like one of the reasons I wanted to write the lights on Knockbridge lane was that I've sort of like missed not having traditions that I can look forward to every year. Like mm-hmm. I've just really never had it. And so maybe it was a, a little bit my way of sort of being like, do I want to start creating some of these traditions for myself? Maybe I do. Uh, yeah. so we'll see what happens. Um, I think Hanukkah starts in like a week this year. It's super early, super early this year. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe this year I'll be the year. Yeah. Gwen, do do you have any holiday traditions that you do every year? Um, so our holiday traditions, we, when I was little, we used to, um, make muffins together which was always like every Thanksgiving morning because Thanksgiving meal and Christmas meals were like the same. It was basically just like the same show, except there were presents for December, but we would always, Daniel and I would always make like some sort of weird muffin as our preparing, (laughs) as we got the Turkey ready and everything. So that's always like my favorite tradition for the holidays is making muffins and sitting on the couch and watching like a holiday movie or um, what are those, the dog show or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite holiday movie? Cause I also, now I'm reaching the time of coldness in the year that I want to start mm-hmm, watching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My favorite holiday movie I'm going to say is the family stone because I love I to cry. Oh, so good. <laughs> it's so good. I feel like everyone sleeps on that movie. Mm-hmm. It just gets better and better every year to mm-hmm. me. I like totally it- agree. My sister and I, that's a, a movie that we always really watch together. Like we have, we have a set of sister movies that mm-hmm. are like the movies that we put on for comfort whenever we're hanging out. And like the, the family stone is definitely one of them. And I swear to God, I cry every single time. Every time. Yeah. Totally. Without you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think what do I, you know what, this is, it's not great. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it, but I really 
love love actually even though it's mm. it does not hold up and I feel like the more I watch it the more I'm yelling at it like yeah. the more I'm like this doesn't make sense this is not okay anymore like you can't say that <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know something about you know it's like when that little kid runs through the airport yep. I'm here for it every time <laughs> totally <laughs> so yeah that's yeah. that's that for me but then I would say my tradition our tradition in fact it's like kind of new it's when we started with our daughter so my daughter is seven and but every Christmas morning I well the night before I'll make monkey bread so you know like the biscuits mm. with all the cinnamon and the sugar Yum. I make it the night before and so when we wake up to open presents I put it in the oven so by the time we're done with presents it's like ready and it's like yeah. hot and gooey and so perfect and we basically just eat that all day until oh. we either leave to go have dinner or we start cooking mm-hmm. um so yummy and that is and it's like if we now. yeah, yeah right? it's like if we don't do it so like this year and every other year we usually travel to go see my brother and so this year we will all be safe enough and my daughter will be fully vaccinated by then so we can go visit my brother. So we're actually going to do this on Thanksgiving morning instead. So I'm like counting down the day. Literally, it's like a week away. Oh. <laughs> a week away. I'm like ready for early monkey bread. Um, oh my God. I have <laughs> to that now. I'm like the gooey, like when you pull it apart. And the oh, are monkey good. bread's the best. <laughs> yeah. And then when so like good. you pour it out on the plate and then like it just drizzles down. It's yeah. The it's the best. It's the, it's best. the best. It's a showstopper every time. <laughs> I made a yeah. savory one of those with like garlic yes. parmesan and parsley Ooh. and I thing like <laughs> it yeah. was so I couldn't stop it was so I wouldn't good. have been able to stop eating that that's oh, so amazing gosh. it's like that or the Hasselbeck breads that you yeah. see mm-hmm. where there's just like chew I must like just give me all the cheese I just want all the cheese <laughs> in my bread please <laughs> I love oh, that. that's so yeah. funny. Well, this is like actually very apropos to our next question. Because um, something we take very seriously at the Fresh Fiction Podcast is we love self-care. And I feel like snacks and baking and all of this is very much on brand for us as our part of our self-care. Rowan, for you, um, what are some what are something lately that has brought you joy? Brought me, wow, my mother would be embarrassed for me. What's something lately that has brought you joy or brought you comfort? I love this question. Um so many things, honestly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm a hobby collector. Like I, I love hobbies. I love getting obsessed with things and I love getting really into something and like doing a deep dive. And some of those things will stick around for a long time and like fully mm-hmm. form into hobbies. And some will just be flash in the pan little, like I was obsessed with this for two months and then mm-hmm. I forgot all about it. <laughs> and the pandemic was such a great time. It was like my glory days because yeah. it was like, everyone was just wanting to get hobbies. Mm-hmm. So I have actually recently gotten into birding which is not a thing that I ever would have. I mean, I've always liked birds, but I, you know, I live in a city and I don't have like nature all around me. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of thought that birding wasn't available to me. And then little by little, I started realizing that there were these pockets of birders around the city of Philadelphia and that the, there's this cemetery, beautiful cemetery near my house that I always go to. And it actually has like dozens and dozens of species of birds that go go, go through it. And they, um, they ran like a socially distanced birding walk Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the pandemic where there's this amazing person who's really knowledgeable about birds and bird calls who was leading it. And she basically just like took us around the cemetery and would point and be like, that is a name of bird. Mm -hmm. Hear that? That's the call of a name of bird. And I was like, 
this is amazing. Yeah. Birds, <laughs> birds. And so I started like getting nervous. I love it. And um, I was really like lucky enough. But then when I met my girlfriend, I was like, I've really weirdly gotten into birds lately. And she was like, birds are amazing. And so we started going on these walks. Um, at, there's like a John Hines has a local preserve in like right outside of Philly. And it's this huge, like you can do a huge loop and there's trails and there are like bald eagles and hawks mm-hmm. and owls and like everything that you can imagine. And we got binoculars and have started, like, I swear to God, it's a real, like, I'm embracing my year old uh <laughs> and it's so amazing and so because I really like um hobbies and and like items um I well and this is my other self comfort self-care comfort routine is mm-hmm. I am an obsessive um estate sailor mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. I love I like to go to estate sales every Saturday morning if I can um like all across New Jersey and uh Pennsylvania and so one of the things that I started doing was like looking for bird stuff at estate sales. Um, so, so like we would go to an estate sale and pick up a pair of like cheap binoculars and that could be like a first, a first trial pair or mm-hmm. like pick up a bird book of birds in Pennsylvania. And you know, the stuff is like $2. So it was like, it didn't feel uh, like you were sinking money into a hobby that you were going to lose, but then it stuck around and we getting, got, kept getting more and more into it. And we would like each research birds and tell each other about them and like read about birds in our spare time and I just have gotten super super into it and Timmy my girlfriend is an amazing artist and so she would sometimes like sketch birds and I was like I want to learn I want to draw and so I made us these little birding notebooks it got it's gotten out of control a little bit (laughs) that's so cool um, yeah it's it's really amazing and I find that you know I didn't grow up in, like I've never been a nature person. I didn't grow up with na- my mom's from Brooklyn and my dad's from Philly. And like, we never did naturey trips mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I didn't grow up, like I didn't go to college or grad school in a place where it was like super naturey. And now here I am in Philadelphia and I'm like obsessed with hiking and birding. And I find that it really like just being outside in nature for like five minutes, I can feel every system in my body, like slow down and calm down. And there's something about, like, I love walking just to walk, but I like having something to do or a destination. I don't just like to take a walk. I don't know why it's different, but I, Mm -hmm. it matters. And so birding is so cool because I'm like, okay, cool. So we're going to walk this like five mile loop and I have a purpose which is that I'm with someone cool who I get to talk to. And also like I am looking in every tree and looking over the water. And whenever I see something, I can look through my binoculars. So it's like this combination of getting to do a hobby while being in nature. And at the end of the walk, even if we don't see anything particularly cool, I'm just like, oh, nature, birds, Mm -hmm. air, oxygen, my brain. It's amazing. (laughs) So I think that that has actually been the coolest um, self-care thing I've done recently. And we went to Cape Cod for Halloween for 10 days, um, and stayed with a friend and we went to like an Audubon society place. Um, oh, cool. and they had, like, salt marsh walks where there were all these different kinds of birds. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it gives me such joy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> um, so 
as we start to wrap up, which I can't, this flew by and this has been so much fun, but I know I personally want to know this, but can you let us know and our listeners know what you have coming out next? Yeah, I am so excited. So my next release is actually my first ever rom-com. Um, I've never written one before, or I mean, like, I think I'm funny, but my, my books certainly aren't like rom-com marketing. <laughs> um, so I am writing this book for, called, uh, The Holiday Trap and it's coming out in September, September, September 6th, I want to say. Okay. Um, and it has been so much fun to write. So I thought of the idea because I was watching, you know, that movie, The Holiday from like the early 2000s. Yes. I was watching that movie actually while I was watching like Christmassy things to get in the mood for, for writing The Lights on Dockbridge Lane. Yeah. And I was like, this movie is so delightful and underrated and I love the house swap idea and I just like idly texted my agent like what if I write a house swap holiday book but it's like a double romance too much and she wrote back and was like oh my god write it that'll be great and so that's what I'm writing or it's done really I mean it's, it's in edits but um yeah so it's basically a double romance with two different couples and it's like two Greta <clears throat> is one main character and Truman is another main character. And both of them want to like flee for the holidays after devastation. So Truman lives in New Orleans and Greta lives in like a really small town on an island in Maine. And so they both swap houses because they have a mutual friend. And Truman falls in love with a local florist um, named Ash on this little island in Maine. And Greta falls in love with this woman, Karis, who is like, has all these friends and is very connected in New Orleans. And so it's really like a a double romance where each of the romances kind of pings off one another um, to explore themes of like, family is the biggest one, family. And also like, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) Cause it's a kind of, um, they're like in their early twenties. So they're both Mm -hmm. a little bit like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah. And I, I lived in New Orleans for a little while. And so I'm, cool. I was so happy to get to write something set there because it's such an amazing and, and uh, like strange place. And I was really <laughs> excited to get to write like a not touristy book set in yeah. New Orleans. And Maine is another place that I just love so much. And I was like, what is the opposite place that I can think of, of New Orleans? (laughs) And it would be like rural Maine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That is um, coming out in September. And then the fourth book in the Garnet Run series, I actually think comes out that same month. Maybe it's late September. Um, Cool. So that one is the last book in the series and it's called The Unhaunting of Casper Road. And it's a Halloween book actually. Um, So it is about people who live on this road in Garnet Run called Casper Road, who every year for Halloween have a Halloween decoration contest that, and then like all the kids from town go and trick or treat on that street. Um, And you have one character who's lived there for years and wins every year because he's like, he goes all out. And then your other character who moves there and is like, what a great way to make friends and get to know my neighbors. I'll do this too. And then they, they end up in kind of like a prank war um messing with each other's designs accidentally fall in love and then collaborate on like the most spectacular halloween decorations that you've ever seen oh delightful i love it (laughs) sounds so good (laughs) i'm so happy to write a halloween book because i love halloween yeah love it well rowan our time together has come to an end um before we say goodbye where can readers find out more about you and stay on uh stay in touch with you online 
Yeah. Um, so my website is roanparish.com and you can find like every link there. And basically I'm at Roan Parish on all media. I'm Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok <clears throat> are definitely my favorite. So people should come follow me and also like ask me questions or tell me what to do on TikTok because I'm an obsessive user. Like I look at people's weird stuff of hobbies, <laughs> but like I do not know what to post. And so people should come tell me what they want to see me post and I will capitulate. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad we got to chat with you and um, we'll put it in show notes, but of course the lights of Knockbridge Lane are, is now available. So thank you again, Roan. Thank you so much. It was a true joy. And we're back. <laughs> I just love chatting with Rowan. I could talk to Rowan. I, I know we say this all the time, but she was just really, really lovely. She was so cool. Yeah. That's all I kept thinking. I was like, you're so cool. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah. She had a really cool background. It was, yeah. Yeah. Was awesome. Cool, cool. still. All right. Well, so we're back um, talking about our goals because, mm-hmm. you know, it is almost the end of the year. So uh, even though we make goals a, a big priority of our podcast, uh, yes. a lot of listeners are probably thinking about their goals as well for yeah. 2022. So let's jump into what our goals are this week. Um, yeah. So Danielle, how did you do on your pre-Thanksgiving goal? Yeah. So my goal was finalizing my Christmas shopping lists and yes, I've done that. And by the time this goes up, so we're recording on Sunday, it'll be up on Thursday or Friday. I will be done shopping. Like Yay! everything will have arrived. Everything will be, have been sent where it needs to go. Wow. It will all be done. So That's yeah, awesome. I feel like accomplished. And then some. It's amazing. <laughs> do you have to do any wrapping? <clears throat> um, yes, we do have to do some wrapping, but not, but because, you know, like I said, we're paring down this year, it's uh-huh, not uh-huh. as overwhelming. I love and it. then like everything that we're taking with us to California, I'm just going to put in bags. Perfect. So I'm just doing bags. I'm even like, do I need tissue paper mm-hmm. or can oh, I just yeah. put them in bags? I don't know. I'll probably get some tissue paper. Yeah. <laughs> but and you can always get the tissue paper when you get to California. Yes, exactly. And exactly. Not have to like that's worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Quick um, yeah, no. And I, <clears throat> excuse me. I think what I'm going to do actually is get all just like brown bags, oh, just like perfect. brown bags and even not even bother with tags, but just write on the bag, like who I love to, it. and can put like happy, like Ivy could even yeah. draw on them with me or something. Cause we could do that in the hotel before, because we're getting in day early. I think that's so, so good. It, and it's such a nice, like homage to your hand, to your handmade cards, yeah, to have your handmade true. bags. Mm-hmm. Like it's a nice little, yeah. Little Danielle yeah, branding we will do. Yeah. And then just get some tissue paper and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So how about you? Have I love you... that. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So mine was going to bed before 10 PM to get seven or eight hours of sleep. Um, I mean, sure, yeah, I think I did that. I get so tired now at like four 30 because the sun is down. It is like <laughs> gone. No more sun. Goodbye. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been doing well. I think I'm still struggling with getting up early. That mm, part has mm-hmm. still been challenging. So just keep striving for excellence, I guess. But yeah, as no, long that's as I'm good. Sleeping and I'm awake. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. But well, I am, I, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, what's your new goal? 
So I'm stealing a little bit from you because yeah. I, it is time for Christmas shopping. Um, my goal is to finish all my Christmas shopping. I've been doing a little bit of like, just getting ideas of what mm-hmm. I think people will like. And also like, just, you always have to make the decision of like, okay, gift cards for these types of this person, right. and like an actual gift for this person. And it's like, so kind of doing all that. Uh, but that's my goal. I think Love it's it. going to be done. <laughs> what about you? What's your new goal? So my goal is to finish the story of the lost child by Elena Ferrante. This is the last book in the Neapolitan series. I've been mm-hmm. reading these books basically since the pandemic started. But again, it's like the book I would kind of read before bed. I yeah. even mentioned like they have short chapters. So it's like, even if I just read one chapter, I felt like I was reading, but I I really want to finish this book like before the end of the year. <laughs> I don't know why it's completely arbitrary, but I really want to finish it just so I can be like, okay, now it's done. Also, so I can return these books to my mother. They're from my mom. Oh, yeah. Took them from her. She does not care. She, I yeah. think I said something like a week or two ago and she was like, oh, okay. Like, just, I forgot. Like, yeah. Hold on to them. Like, it's fine. So, but I was like, no, I'm going to finish them and get them back to you. And then, so yeah, so that's what I, I would like to, before the end of the year, finish. And I'm, a, I'm like, I'm like, not quite, I'm like a third of the way. Ooh, I'm knocking stuff over. I'm about a third of the way through it. So I think it'll, it'll happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a nice, like, and it, I bet it's also just listening to you talk about, it, it's like almost a little symbolic too. Cause it's like, if you can finish that, then in a way you can put behind you part of the pandemic. Ooh, I like that. That's more motivation to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. like that a lot. Okay. Yeah. You can let go of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, um, what is bringing us comfort this week as we continue into cozy season? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So I have a podcast recommendation Yay! and it's this podcast that a lot, it, it like came and went and became a different, different iteration at one point, but it's called, it's called for colored nerds and it's hosted by Eric Eddings and Brittany Luce. And so it was, and it's all about like looking at black culture from mm-hmm. like a modern black perspective. Cool. And I just absolutely loved it from the start. And then it it went away, but then they, they took their show, but they changed the name. It was called the nod. It was on Gimlet media. There right, was kind, I remember you know, nod. Yeah, Gimlet, uh-huh. Gimlet kind of implode, not really, but parts of Gimlet imploded a couple yeah. of years ago. And they were kind of a big part of that. And then the nod kind of became a show on Quibi and then Quibi imploded. <laughs> and so they really haven't done anything at least together, really, you know, like that has been presented to the public because they are actually friends. They talk about their friendship in in real life and reality. Um, and so then like a few, I think there's like three or four episodes that are up now. So yeah, like earlier yes. end of November, early December, it was back. Like I like opened, I, so I, I guess I had never unsubscribed from nerds, even though there were no new episodes. And I was like, what do you mean? There's a new, there are new new episodes. episodes. So I like, like had to research it. And so, yeah, it's really wonderful. It's so good. It, they cover everything from like Beyonce conspiracy theories to like, they just had, um, they just did a big interview about the 1619 project. Like (gasps) it's so great. And they, and I would recommend listening to the new they have they do like kind of two episodes they did two intro episodes to like reintroduce themselves and explain like everything that's happened um and that itself is really interesting um about like working in this form of media as people of color so love it yeah it's really awesome. good 
Well, I'm subscribing now. I'm going to go. Yeah. I remember listening to the nod for a little bit. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. What All about right. you? So my comfort is food. <laughs> of course. Because <laughs> naturally. Well. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, Salt and Straw, which is a low, it's not, I don't know if it's local to Seattle, but it's um, an ice cream shop that's here in California and Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they partner, they always have like fun flavor. They have normal, like weird flavors usually, yeah. but like, then they also do these like monthly seasonal flavors. And so for Thanksgiving, they had their Thanksgiving ones, which were weird. I had an ice cream that was Parker house roll and buttercream. And oh. it, it was very good, but it was just very, it just tasted very white. Like as I was eating it, I was like, <laughs> yeah. this is just very, like, I'm just eating the color white. Like, yeah. It's, bland. It's good, it's just very yeah. bland. Yeah. Not a very punchy flavor. Um, but for, they just released their Christmas and they're partnering with the rock. Mm. And so one of their flavors is a, uh, eggnog flavored spiked with his, the rock owns his own, um, tequila brand. So it's spiked with his tequila in it. And then, (laughs) which was really good. There was like a ginger snap one that cliff had that was like basically Biscoff ice cream. Yum. Awesome. So you can order salt and straw. They're like Jenny's where you can get Mm -hmm. them shipped to you across the country. But if you are on the West coast, you can go to one of their little shops and get scoops or pints. And they're maybe five minutes away from us. And so before Um, I got home and discovered that our neighbor had stolen our cart, I had pints of ice cream in the, in my hand to uh, help soothe this revenge plot. uh, I like how you brought it all the way back around. Oh yeah. I'm never going to forget that guy. One month's revenge. That that sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. I like that. You know what's weird about me? And I I love ice cream, but I especially love it in the winter. (sighs) Makes no sense. (laughs) Because it I find it really uncomfortable to eat ice cream in the in the summer. Like Mm -hmm. maybe it's milk or it's like unless it's like sorbet, like it has to be just like straight fruit, like frozen fruit. But yeah, in the winter, I love ice cream. I'm here for it. I love it. Oh, that sounds so good. I may have to order some. Yeah, I recommend. They're so good. Oh, maybe I'll order some and have it delivered to where we're going in California. Or like I have on one, maybe not on Christmas, like on one of the days after Christmas or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that would be really fun. Yeah, okay. they're great. <laughs> it's worth it. They're very fancy ice creams, but they're so tasty. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that well, sounds fun. That brings us, unfortunately, to the end of I our know. episode. Oh. <laughs> <I know. laughs> But, you know, we'll be back with a new episode after in a couple of weeks. So don't worry about it, guys. You can follow us on all the socials uh, at Fresh Fiction. You can always get me at Real Fixin. And Danielle, where can our and, listeners yeah. find you? You can get me at, at D Jackson Books. And you can also email us at, you can just send to me to Danielle at FreshFiction.com. And then, of course, you know, subscribe, follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. It really helps people find us. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be back with one final episode for 2021.